details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. If only Al Gore would do something about this global warming. It's supposed to be 110 on Sunday. Oh, my God. But I think Al's got bigger problems than than global warming right about now. He's got to worry about such things as alimony. You hear that, Al? And uh, Al Gore and Tipper on the skids. Man, it's been been a weird year for... uh, for that sort of thing, uh, we man, it was so surprising. Larry King had his uh, like nine millionth divorce, and then we have uh, we have Al and Tipper. Say it ain't so, guys. God, first you lose the two thousand presidential election, and then well, then and then that happens. Loser. All right. Welcome in another edition of Michael Groff in Exile underway. It is a Friday, thank God. That would be June the 4th, 2010. And uh, just just so you people know, it's I'm looking, it's 102 degrees outside our palatial estate right now. We got a guy who just sent me a message on AOL Instant Messenger. And um, I, I have, I don't know, people still do this to this day. I don't understand this. This is just something. People will send me a message. They'll say hello. And then I'll, I'll respond. I'll say hi. And then they say nothing. Like, okay. I mean, I, why do people do that? It's like people that, they, the people that call my phone or people that call my house and, they, and, and I, I say hello and then nothing. And they're still there. You can hear them breathing. They're like, I don't know. I would say it's a prank call, but... Nobody likes me well enough to heavy breathe into my phone, unfortunately. 
except maybe a bill collector trying to freak me out. Well, we tried to get the money from you this way. Now we're going to just friggin' scare you and think that, you know, we're, we're the bill collector stalking you. I'm just kidding. I actually don't owe that much money. It's only like $10,000. All right, anyway, uh, welcome in. Yes, we are here. Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. Um, of course, MichaelGraff.com for all of our contact information and more. You can always send us a generous donation on PayPal. And... Um, Again, Mike at KMGX.com. That's also conveniently our PayPal address. Just thought I'd let you know. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the program, it's uh, James. He's here. Hiya. Yeah. And, and, you know, to the guy that wrote in and said, I'm not going to listen when he's on. Well, you know what? I mean, tough then. All right. That's just, that's too bad. You know, just leave me alone, man. I'm just... <laughs> just Revolution! Yeah, so uh, what's going on, dude? Uh, well, I have finals on Monday. You have finals? Uh, what subjects? Uh, let's see. Monday, I have biology and wellness finals. Wellness? Yeah. I assume that's like health class, right? Where? Yeah, basically. You're taught all sorts of stuff, including, you know, sex ed and all that exciting stuff. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah, they basically compact everything I should learn in about two years into a half a year. Yeah, that's what they do. That's uh, usually I, I remember I had that freshman year of high school. That was one of the first uh, that I think that was my first hour class that I had freshman year was health class. I still remember Miss Black. She was actually kind of an attractive lady too. They <laughs> taught the health. And then. She's sort of like middle age and talking about sex and and you know like I bet the j- milf jokes were endless. Yeah, that they? was the thing. It, it, she wasn't like really hot, but you could tell that when she was younger, she was she you know she was uh, she was rocking and you know she was on the tail end of it. But rocking, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, listen. What? what yeah, you, back in my day. Right. No, I'm not gonna make that joke. Um, anyway, so we have uh, we have a big show. I, I do want to sort of get through this in in less than uh, six hours. I, I know I always say that, and it never works out. So I'm just I'm throwing it out there at the beginning just to say that I'm trying to knock through this show relatively quickly. We have a lot of stuff to get to. Obviously, I've got a pop chart that I want to get into. Uh, James has something that you know he always has. He has he has his uh, his little feature that he has on 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 the program. He brings something to the table, and that's always good. It's nice to have. Giggity. Yeah, giggity, exactly. So we we have features there. And I also have something new, a a new feature maybe that we'll start here. It's This is always great. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the Who Cares story of the day. Uh, This is a story that has gotten front page coverage on major news outlets. And I don't know why it's Who Cares, but it does bring about a very... Age-old point that we have talked about only about, I don't know, a million times on this show throughout the years. So we have that. But before we get into any of that, we have all sorts of news that's out there in the world today. You know, you know Fox News, CNN, the AP, UPI, all of those news outlets, news agencies, the New York Times, the LA Times. They all think that what they say is important. 
But all that matters is what I think is news. People are idiots. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. <laughs> but lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Graff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. Ah. It's that time of the day, ladies and gentlemen, where we uh, we run through them. And, um, you know, if my numbers were here, that would probably help out, too. I don't know. Uh, my, uh, this... this Your excellent bit. Ladies and gentlemen, course. it's broken. Actually, it is. It's broke. It's it's stuck. My numbers are stuck. Uh, hang on. I, I can try it. Number seven. That's, well, that's, that's a fair try. I, I guess uh, that'll work. Number seven. Oh, it worked. Well, kind of worked. All right, anyway, uh, yeah, so... Did Obama offer jobs to people in exchange for political favors? That's the question. We've uh, This isn't something we've really gotten into much on the podcast with the Sestak stuff, and now there's, there's allegations, though, that in the Obama White House... Well, um, people were running for positions of power against uh, Democrats are running against other Democrats. And Obama said, listen, listen, if you'll call off this election, you know, we'll give you a nice cush job here in the White House. We'll get you paid. We'll, by the way, just so you know, that's illegal. You can't do that. Did that go on? That's the question. Something that we're going to get into. I don't know if we're going to get into this story like in depth tonight, but I think we're going to get into this at some point, and this is going to be unfolding for quite some time. We'll have lots of time to talk about this issue for sure. Number six. Lakers win. Uh, the Lakers beat the Celtics last night. It wasn't even a close game. Um, not even as close as the final score would indicate, a 14-point win for the uh, for the Lakers. Game one of the NBA Finals. I know the ratings were up like 7% over game one of last year's NBA Finals, but as far as I'm concerned, the Lakers are winning. They're going to win this series because the Celtics, are they just suck. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but all I heard about was big baby Glenn Davis. This guy's going to be tremendous, and, and, and Rajon Rondo, man, he's the real deal, and Kevin Garnett, big tickets back, man. He doesn't look old anymore. And Ray Allen and yeah, nah, 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 nah. yeah, um, overrated. That's the Boston Celtics. That's see the thing is, is when you play in the in the the junior varsity league of the NBA, which is the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you can pile up wins against the Washington Wizards, the Sixers, the Pistons, and the other doormats of the NBA that happen to exist in the Eastern Conference. And yes, I'm well aware that the Clippers are in the Western Conference. But I mean, really. You're playing the doormats of the NBA. Get into a real... Con- if, if if the Celtics had to play anybody that came out of the West, if they played the Suns, if they played the Spurs, if they played the gutless Utah Jazz, for God's sake, they'd lose this series. And they're going to lose to the Lakers. And I hate to say I'm rooting for the Celtics, but ugh, horrible. Number five. Well, we told you about the Tucson school district yesterday that was uh, issuing a state. They, they were trying to teach that um, Arizona's law, SB 1070, was unconstitutional. Well, now the L.A. school board, get this. Check this noise. 
LA school board is issuing an edict. They want their teachers to teach that this law in Arizona is un-American. <laughs> yeah, that was my reaction exactly. Oh yeah, uh, you, you see that law right there? That one doesn't count. We 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 kind of ignore that law. It's yeah, it's un-American to teach about protecting the sovereignty of the nation. It's un-American yeah, for a state. Whatnot. It's un-American for the state to follow the United States Constitution and institute its own state's rights. That's un-American. It's un-American for the people, for elected officials, people that were elected, well, by the people, to do their jobs to protect the citizens. That's apparently un-American. It's un-American to be American. Yeah, it's un-American to be American. Uh, the Dow closes before, below 10,000 again. Ugh. Uh, yeah, Dow Jones Industrial Average uh, again falls below 10,000 and this is on news that uh, the European market's still doing bad uh, more indications out government jobs outpaced private sector jobs and the only jobs that were created were in the government sector and they were all created by the census and we all know that's a bunch of BS anyway because what happens is every time somebody is hired and fired by the census people and then rehired it's counted as a new job created so the New York Times actually investigated this. Turns out that thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs were created, quote unquote, this way. What a scam. They just want to make themselves look pretty, don't they? Well, I guess when Obama promised to create uh, 2.3 million jobs, save or create 2.3 million jobs, he wasn't kidding. The problem was it's only like 50 jobs, but they're just being created over and over and over. <laughs> Number two, two. I think we skipped number three. Thank you. Number three. 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 Wow. Uh, we're having a... It's, uh, it's, yeah, look, yeah. folks, it's Friday, okay? It's Friday. What seems to be the problem, officer? Yeah. No, no drink. I haven't had too much to officer. Um, the government taking over journalism. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've heard okay, about it. This, we 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 talked about a story earlier this week where uh, there was a representative in Michigan that wanted to issue licenses. Maybe this was last week. We did the story yeah, about yeah. A, a, the uh, representative in the state of Michigan that wanted to issue licenses to journalists because yeah. there's just too many non credible sources of news information out there. <laughs> MSNBC. Yeah. But uh, now we actually have a. A, 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 an organization being created, a branch of government perhaps being created to monitor journalism. Uh, this is good news. Boy, I'm so glad we have that. I, I mean, they handled everything else so well. Yeah. I can't wait to see how they... Ha it, it's probably, They're probably just going to basically slip the fairness doctrine in there without well, actually applying. Actually, it's interesting that you mention that because that's... It's sort of a it's sort of a new way to slip the fairness doctrine. And that's a very astute observation on your part. You beat me to well, the punch. Thank you, sir. Beat me two, two, two. You can host the show anyway. The, uh, Revolution. The the flotilla that was for a relief effort. You know the <laughs> same flotilla that ran the blockade in the Gulf and uh, the Israelis stormed and. The big mess. Well, maybe it wasn't quite the peacekeeping mission that everybody thought. Uh, whoops. <laughs> maybe the Israelis do actually have a right to defend themselves after all. 
See, this is again, this is the rest of the world once again coming down on the Jews. Boy, oh boy, the Jews. I tell you what, like if you listen to Mike Malloy or you listen to some of these guys on, on these progressive, these so-called progressive, or as I call it, the regressive talk stations, you'd think that the Jews are responsible for everything that's wrong on planet Earth. It, it's the it's Jews real. and the Bush I mean, administration. I mean, uh, we actually talked about this in geography class. You know, well, I mean, uh, well, what, I'm, what I'm saying is Israel is basically about the size of New Hampshire and it's surrounded by a place the size of America, and everybody wants to kill and destroy and obliterate Israel. Yeah. So, I mean, that that can give you a good idea of what it's like. Well, once again, you have one nation that's for progress, and you have uh, every nation around it that's living in the Stone Ages. Yeah, I can imagine why uh, they, would, they would be against the Jews. Uh, it's a completely different philosophy. Like... For ex- well, we'll get into it more uh, in detail on the show, but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that flotilla wasn't quite for peacekeeping as as we thought it was. Uh, more details it, on it that. It was for very extreme people. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Number one. Number one. Barack Obama says he's mad. He's really furious, and we're gonna play this clip. Oh, he sounds just done, wet, and pissed off. Yeah, uh, he. Again, is uh, going to tour the golf. He's canceling the uh, rescheduled vacation, or not vacation, but his rescheduled tour of uh, Indonesia and Australia. Remember, he was going to go several months ago, but the health care bill, Obamacare, was floating around through uh, Congress at the time, and he was he wanted to be, be here to sign that. Didn't want to miss that opportunity. So uh, he canceled his trip to Australia and Indonesia then, and now he rescheduled it for June. Well, he's canceled it again because of the oil spill. BP has put a cap on the damn thing, and it's still leaking a little bit. It's not quite as bad, though, uh, but it is still leaking. The BP people don't really know what to say. Uh, The government's going to be sending them a bill for a a kajillion billion dollars. God even knows how much. And BP is just, they, they don't even know what to do. They're going to need a whole 8 by 11 piece of paper to give them all the zeros on that piece. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be a very uh, high total to calculate. Anyway, that's just some of the news that's on my radar at this point. Uh, this will be where the other part of the donut is supposed to play. But see, it's... Hold on, I'm hitting the button. It's stuck. Who needs Boy. billion dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? All right, look, uh, this is... Who needs billion dollar, you know, board stations as well when you got Who needs billion dollar work? Who needs billion dollar workstations when you've got this beautiful 1989 Mac Classic that runs everything in here? That barely damn works. Hang on, a second. I got an Apple. Bam. Yeah, I got an Apple 2E in here. Hang on, I got a <laughs> Do you got a Commodore 64? I, I got a well? I've got a Tandy TRS-80 in here that's running. <laughs> I used to actually have one of those. Actually, I used to have right. an I used to have an Apple uh, IIe. I had a um, I had it, an Apple II. You uh, mentioned that because um, today um, I went into the library early morning to um, do a couple things for schoolwork, of course. And there's this one kid, right? He he comes in and he brings this and he brings this brick of an Apple computer. I mean, I, I'm not sure what it was, but it was just this brick, and he plugs it into one of the electrical outlets hooks it up to another one of the computers and just starts running the thing. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, you can, uh, a- Apple's, uh, I- I've, man, uh, this brings back the memories. I used to have my TRS, my Tandy, that was, uh, that was uh, from Radio Shack, for those of you who don't know. I had a Tandy TRS-80, I had an Apple, and then uh, when I got all fancy and sophisticated, I had a Mac Classic. Nice. A Mac Quadra 630. That was, wow. man, There you talk about... Man, back in those days, that was considered like, man, that was top of the line. I had like 120 megabytes of hard drive space. Yeah, we we went from computers where if you came at us, we could kill you with it to computers where they probably just snap in half. Well, this show, I just want to give you an example. This show, the recording, the not not what you people download, not the uh, podcast file that you guys download. Although that's pretty hefty size too, because we encode it at a pretty high bit rate, so that you can hear uh, all of the aesthetics and just the the beauty of my voice in 128 kilobit sound. And, but, and the beauty of the air conditioner as well, well. right? And the air conditioner that runs in the background. Although I, I've got it, I've got it pretty well filtered. You can't hear it right now. It's actually off in here. I just have the uh, the main house uh, air conditioning running, the, the the huge system. The one that costs the electric bill to, you know, again, run out of zeros on the paper. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, no, uh, uh, this, um, this, uh, this, I had this, uh, this computer, man. Man. Uh, it, it was a 120 megabyte hard drive, and these this this show, the files for this show uh, that we store in the archives are um, one show that we cut up into three segments is more than that whole hard drive would have held. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Um, I actually um, I saw a Commodore 64 at this yard sale once. It was it was in fabulous condition, pristine condition. So I'm like. Can you hook it up for me? So the guy hooks it up. It he he tries to go on to the internet. I mean, he he just hooks it up to his other like computer or whatever. He tries to go to Yahoo. It takes like five damn years. Like we were sitting there having a conversation. We made some tea, and it wasn't even halfway done loading. I don't know how you could even get a Commodore sixty four on the internet. I'm not even yeah. sure. I'm not even sure really how you could do that theoretically because. Those things aren't. I mean, well, well I'm not even, sure. I mean, even it, even it a Notepad file by itself, even the contents of a Notepad file, would be a lot for a Commodore 64. So I don't know how that would even be possible. Yeah, probably it, it was probably like Commodore 128, maybe or something like that. I I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, so uh, it's uh, enough nerd talk. It's, Let's talk ladies and gentlemen, Steven welcome to. Yeah, I, I feel like we're doing the Data Doctors show. You know, next we're going to get somebody that calls up on the air and call. You know, and and you know, some. We're, we're going to talk about the new well, iPad. Um, I'm having a problem. I went to Yahoo and um, and now uh, my computer's running very slow. Did you click on one of those? Uh, did you get? Well, I got this error message that came up, but it wasn't really an error message. I found out later it was one of those pop-up ads that looks like an error message. Oh, those are the devil! Now here's what you have to do. Let's go through the 23-step process that you're going to have to go through, ma'am, to get that off of your computer. We've got this all up on our website um, that you can go to. Uh, and for twenty nine ninety five, you can download our special cleaner to get rid of uh, all these files. Yeah, because what happens is I went to a site, I accidentally typed Yahoo instead of Yahoo, and, and that's why I got this. And See, I mean, that's the kind of show, yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I ought to do that show, too. Why not? We'll do every kind of show here. 
Well, I do have an anime blog. It is great. It's the best blog ever. <laughs> See, he's, totally. he, he's got an anime blog. See, I don't even have that. I, I basically just cop everything from Anime News Network. I mean, I, I'm in a fan. I'm in a rotisserie. I'm in a rotisserie baseball league. I mean, that's pretty nerdy, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> nerdy and the extreme and wide. By the way, I'm in first. I'm, I'm in first place in my league, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I I am the best at my rotisserie baseball league. Well, I mean, you got to. There, there's one guy in the league that's you know he was uh, he was dominating the league for a while because he had he had like basically half of the Philadelphia Phillies lineup in his league, and, um, and that that was great because it's one of the most high powered offenses in the league or was, and it's fallen off considerably. And now, dude is in like next to last. <laughs> well, well, that's great. And uh, also another tip, if you have any Diamondbacks pitchers in your fantasy league, um, I'm just going to laugh at you now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anyway, we got to take a break. And uh, when we get back, I got to get to this, the who cares story of the day. We got the pop chart to get to. I got a bunch of other stuff uh, that is pressing Jermaine and completely relevant to the program that we need to uh, get into. Um. I we just know. have terabyte upon terabyte of information. Yes, terabytes. Uh, stuff that years and years ago would have been completely impossible. Uh, now it is, well, it's it's here. You know. Um, well, look, yeah. I mean, that's that's the nature. That's the nature of the interwebs, folks. Um, I invented the interwebs, and now my wife is divorcing me. Well, yeah, I mean, Al Gore. I, I wonder what he's going to do. With all that interwebs money that he got, you know, for inventing the interwebs, uh, all that royalty money. Uh, still one of the most, yeah. one of the most egregious things that any, any human being has, uh, has ever said. Maybe I'll just buy his wife back. I'm well, sure he could do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, um, the good news is we won't be seeing him out on the, uh, on the trail uh, promoting his uh, global warming agenda. Although it is summer, so you know the global warming people are going to be out in full force. They're going to they're going to so, show up someplace and see and say uh, it's ninety degrees in in New York City today. See that's that just proves uh, that that global warming exists. It's like well yeah uh, that would prove it except for the fact that you know it's summer. The ironic thing is, ninety degrees for us is like global warming. Well, <laughs> I mean, New Hampshire. sure, I, I get that. I'm having I'm having an issue here. Just, just you know what? Don't mind me today. Uh, this is this is one of those days where um, if it can uh, hang go, on, I'll I'll just get my if, iPod and play the music. If for it you. can, yeah. If it can go wrong, okay, if it can go wrong, it will. There we go. I, I got it. I got it all fixed. I got it all taken care of. It's just one of those days, all right? Look, Mike at KMGX.com is the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. It's because I'm rushing. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath. All right, there we go. Cleansing breath. Yeah. Feel the flow, man. There we go. I'll have to, I just have to go and um, get some, get some inspiration, man, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good inspiration, brah. Hey, brah, I'm going to do the rest of my share. Totally baked off my ass, dude. <laughs> uh. All right. Get some nice mellow music going. 
We'll be back. It's uh, Michael Graff in exile on a Friday. TGIF. Exactly. All right, we'll be back. But even the longest night won't last forever. But too many hopes and dreams won't see the light. And all of the plans I Two, it's Michael Groff in exile on a fantastic, wonderful, insane, hip, cool, super, turbo, hyper, super 70s Friday. Actually, this would be late 60s, but you know how that works. And we're back. It's Michael Groff in exile. Uh, Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com, AOL Instant Messenger. Michael Groff, show the screen name. Um, you, pay- you never even did say Friday. I didn't say Friday. No, I, I thought I did. I thought I, I thought I said Super Saturday Friday. Turbo, you know, and all that. I, it's Friday. Who cares? Yeah, that's that's the point. Let's get some false energy going. Yeah. If you didn't know it's Friday, then where the hell are you? Well, you're probably listening to the podcast, and you know, you could be listening on any given day of the week, or. You know, the Obama people could have just invented a whole new day. Just like, I mean, they create job numbers. They just make money out of thin air. So why not just hey, invent a new we day? Had, we could, um, one more weekend day. Yeah, we could call it like, you know, Fripple's Day or whatever. I don't know. Just just make a day up out of nowhere. Just pull it right out of your ass. <laughs> we just call it Inflation Day. Well, we we have leap we have leap seconds. We could have a leap. We could have a whole, well, we have a leap day every four years. So we could just have a an entire made up leap day. I don't know why not. All right, uh, so we're back, and uh, James is here, and then and uh, so I'm. I guess I'll roll out this. This is a brand new, potentially sponsorable element on the show, and this is just. It's it's just one of those things. We do these every once in a while, and uh, we don't have any theme music for this, though. That's the only problem. Uh, hang on, I got it. Sponsored by the $100,000 iPhone cover for the millionaire in all of us. Yeah, but that's not theme music. I mean, we I, I don't know. We, we need something that indicates a lack of caring. Like, because this is, ladies and gentlemen, that, that's not going to work. Uh, well, I, I did write a song called I Don't Care. Maybe I can pull out the lyrics for that. <laughs> well, there you go. Or, uh, oh, here's, here's, a good, here's a good idea. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Who Cares Story of the Day. I don't know much about this particular person. I don't know anything about this show, but I do know that this is making 
big headlines for some reason. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Chase Crawford from The Gossip Girl was arrested for, wait for it, he was arrested in Plano, Texas. Here we go. Dramatic buildup. He was arrested for... Being stupid. Possession of marijuana. All right. Crawford, uh, of course... Has uh, well, he's out of jail now, and this is a big deal, as you know. Possession of marijuana—that's like, that's that's worse than raping sixteen people, stabbing your own mother to death, sodomizing children. That it's worse than, as we all know, possession of marijuana is worse than Satan. It's worse than anything. Okay, we're talking ninth level of hell kind of crap here. Crawford was arrested just after midnight this morning for possession of marijuana under two ounces. The charge is a misdemeanor. Wow. Yes, in this country, ladies and gentlemen, for smoking marijuana, it is still a crime that is reported to the news. It is still something that is worthy of being reported to news agencies for possession of pot. Because, no. As we know, that is incredibly How dangerous. Horrible. Just so you know, while the cops were uh, busting this guy for marijuana possession, I'm sure at least three murders went down. I mean, it is Plano, Texas. I'm sure not only did murders go down, but probably suicides because, you know, people woke up and they went, oh, my God, I'm living in Plano. Ugh. Wow. The police video, I'm sure if this is on an episode of Cops in the background, I'm sure somewhere like Keith Urban is being played in the background or <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, this is hey. like... Nationwide news, people. All right, son, I'm going to have to arrest you for that there possession of a joint. But, but, dude, I'm, I mean, what? You just said, dude, that means you're high, buddy. <laughs> uh, now, if you don't mind, I, I'm going to light up this joint for myself. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Crawford was busted in the parking lot of... Oh, here we go. Of Ringo's Pub. <laughs> wow. Sources say Crawford was in a car with a friend when he was busted uh, and cops found one, <laughs> one unlit joint. <laughs> sure, I'm going oh, wow. sure, to have to ask you to step out of the vehicle. <laughs> oh, is that a, sir, you've been smoking this here marriage you want or tonight? Uh, yeah, well, I haven't actually yet. Hey, you're in possession of it. That, that's pot right there. That's like the de-evolution of society right there. Hey, 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 next thing you know, you're going to be doing a line of coke off a bathroom sink someplace, son. I can't be having that. And where'd my Keith Urban music go? This here's a travesty and outrage. It's a travesty and mockery. I can't even find my damn Keith Urban music. You better put that back on there. Tell you. Or at least play some goddamn banjo music. Yeah, shoot. Where'd my, you know what? I need some Where'd Tim. Where'd my moonshine go? Yeah, where'd my, my where'd my Tim McGraw? When, I don't know. Well, that's, that's, never mind. All right, anyway, um. That's the who cares story of the day. Once again, people being arrested for marijuana. The most. 
just uh, absolutely a travesty in this country that police resources are still being utilized to bust people, uh, bust a guy for having one unlit joint. If this and other stories aren't significant enough evidence that we just need the all-out decriminalization and legalization of marijuana, I don't know what else proves the point. That's taxpayer dollars that are being wasted there. And journalism to be taken over by the government. Yes, I, I wasn't making this up. I mentioned this off the top of the show. We talked about the story the other day of the Michigan legislature that wanted to have licenses given to different news organizations. Anybody from the blogosphere? I mean, I would suppose that this would cover the blogosphere all the way on up to CNN. Reporters would have to, not only would they have to have like press credentials in order to get into a specific area. You know, you have to have media credentials to get into the White House, the, the press room, for example, or you have to have media credentials to get into certain areas. Or if you have media credentials, you can get into the press box at ball games, etc. But now they would want to have a license in Michigan. They wanted to, this guy actually, he was retiring. I should point out that that legislator, the, there's more to that story. The guy is on his way out of office this year, and he doesn't think that thing has a snowball's chance in hell of passing. But he wanted to get a conversation started about the idea. Well, that's always nice. You're on your way out, so you drop a big old smelly fart in the middle of the room on your way out the door that everybody else has to contend with. Well, I'm leaving. <laughs> nice job. Wow. So now, so now you've got um, you've got this this being floated out there. They want to reinvent journalism. This would be under the the Federal Trade Commission. Um, they want to uh, they want to oversee the um, they want to oversee journalism. They call it the. Potential policy recommendations to support the reinvention of journalism. It's a 47-page document that outlines a major government push to rescue the country's fa uh, failing media platforms. <laughs> Specifically, Can you first rescue us from like Roe the O'Donnell. Well, they're going. They want to help restructure newspapers, but see. If the government does this, now we'll have government-owned newspapers. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All those conspiracy theories that were always out there, all those people that put on the tinfoil hats and talk about New World Order and, you know, the government's going to take over everything and we're, we're heading down toward... Well, I've actually said on this show before that this nation is... It's on the precipice. We could very easily slide right through socialism and right on into fascism. And, you know, I've been criticized for it. And I don't buy all the conspiracy theories about New World Order and all that crap. But when I start reading stuff like this, it makes me think that those people aren't necessarily just tinfoil wearing uh, nut jobs. This is legitimate. When you start seeing stories like this, where they're talking about the government stepping in and helping... The newspaper biz. <laughs> it's called, oh. this is called, again, this is called the Potential Policy Recommendations to Support the Reinvention of Journalism. That's the name of the 47-page document. Thank you, you got enough long enough title right there. Yeah. Uh, among the proposals, this is what they want to do. They, have, they want to have a creation of a journalism division of, of, uh, of the Amory Corps. 
And this is the federal program that places 75,000 people with local and national nonprofit groups annually. Oh, that's just what we need. We need and uh, tax credits to news organizations for every journalist employed. So we're gonna we're basically gonna have government bailout of the news business. <laughs> we're gonna have bailouts of journalism, uh, establishing citizenship news vouchers, which would quote allow every American taxpayer to allocate some amount of government funds to the nonprofit media organization of their choice. So media entities would be nonprofit. Now, of course, what they want to do ultimately, they want to, and, and James, with the very astute observation earlier, this ties into the fairness doctrine. It does. Think about it. If, if you want to have this altruistic virtue of making the, the news media nonprofit, think about what that means. Think about what that entails. Increased funding for public radio and television. Oh, because we, but there's such an interest there that we should just be floating more taxpayer dollars toward PBS and NPR. Yeah. That's oh, great. you got to love that NPR, right? Yeah. Uh, Welcome back to NPR. My name is Michael Groff, and um, we're coming up. We're going to have a very exciting segment, and it, they're excited. They're, they're segments. They always talk. It's always stuff that very one exciting. out of a million people would like. You ever heard anything on NPR that was really all that interesting to anybody? On and I, and I don't oh, mean oh, this to oh, be. Mike. Oh, Mike. Mike. Yeah, it, it's a very. Very interesting. Thing. Well, it's yeah, it's very high society and highfalutin NPR. You know, we we do it while we 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 drink some Chateau Valet and yeah. talk about how we went golfing and tennis yeah, and whatnot. They, they talk in uh, very dulcet tones, ladies and gentlemen. The um, uh, welcome back to NPR. I'm Michael Graff. This is All Things Considered, and one of the things I've considered is listening to my own show and. Sli slicing my wrists wide open every night when I go home, knowing that I work for NPR. Uh, oh. At any rate, um, yeah, it's like they're coming at. Uh, well, uh, what are they even the talk history, about on that show? The history of fusion jazz. Uh, this afternoon's edition of All Things Considered will have a, and we'll have a retrospective on Obama. How great is he? Is he godly, or has he evolved? <laughs> To something even higher than godly status. All of that coming up on All Things Considered. And then it's the, 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 the cue the cheesiest, lamest music you've ever heard in the history of mankind. Wow. Anyway, uh, more stuff that this thing, uh, let's see, we've got providing grants to universities to conduct investigative journalism. That's great. Increased postal subsidies for newspapers and periodicals. Great. A 5% tax on consumer electronics, which would generate roughly $4 billion annually. So if you go and buy an iPod or an iPad or, I don't know, a monitor for a computer or any kind of consumer electronics, new camera, digital camera, buy anything like that, yep. 5% tax added on to that. That's always the solution that we get with the Obama people, isn't it? That's that's like, okay, let's just tack on a tax. That'll be good. We'll we'll just throw a tax up there. Wow, that, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, that does sound like fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, 
In fact, we're going to start taxing the air from now on. Every time you take a breath, you have to pay a penny to the government. Let's see. Uh, some critics are voicing concerns about the draft document saying that uh, if the government has any influence over the fourth estate, it could lead to a dizzying web of conflicting interests and, of course, the eradication of independent journalism. Well, and, of course, the partial eradication of the First Amendment. If the government is in there, remember, the, the First Amendment, as you know, it doesn't really exist. Because we have the FCC, and the FCC regulates the content on the airwaves, which it was never intended to do. The FCC's purpose was never to regulate content on the airwaves. The purpose of the FCC is really should have really been to ensure that radio stations were adhering to their specified criteria. And what I mean by that is that they were operating on the frequency that they were licensed to operate upon. And that they were doing so in a way that wasn't interfering with other stations. And that they were operating at the power output that they were allocated to do so. The technical aspects, the engineering aspects of radio, that's what the FCC was there for. It wasn't there to make sure that if you come on the air and say pee caca, that you're going to get dumped. It wasn't to come on the air and try and find somebody because they had a graphic dis discussion about sex or excretory functions. Or because some morning show DJ somewhere said penis in a gratuitous fashion and they decided to enforce that. Whereas another DJ said his penis in a gratuitous fashion and they decide to let that one slide. It's just the arbitrary nature of the FCC where they can just administer penalties and then engage in racketeering whenever they feel like it. If, if your license is up for renewal, but you've got a notice of inquiry against you. Oh, you're a radio station. Yo, you're trying to get a, you're trying to get your license renewed, but you know, um, you still have a notice of a lia apparent liability out against you. We're not going to renew your license right now. Yeah, you, you said boob on the air once, and well, we, we yeah. didn't like that. Yeah, we but we, like we had a competitor all. down the dial that, you know, that talked about his bowel movement for like a half an hour. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, we don't care about that. Well, right now, this is all about you. <laughs> yeah. uh, most of the, uh, quote, most of the ideas examined in this are politically untenable. Uh, this according to uh, Jeff Jarvis. So, and I agree with that. I mean, it really is. So. All right. There's that. I got a couple other things here that I want to get to real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll jam on to break. And we'll, we'll have a jamming break. Uh, we'll, get to, uh, we'll get to a word from uh, our contributors, from our sponsors here on uh, All Things Considered. That's the kind of show. I should do a show like this, man, right? Like, right, keep it like this. Actually, my old show, when I first started doing the show, it was kind of like that. Those of you that know or have heard some of the, some of the clips from the first shows that I did, those, those shows, it was like that. My, my, uh, into, I, was, I was not necessarily a magnanimous speaker. I was not necessarily somebody that was um, energetic to listen to. Like, if you listen to my show, I give you a lot of props if you listen to the early days of the Michael Graff show back in, uh, well, about 10 years ago. You listen to those shows where I was like, hey man, how's it going? It's uh, the Michael Graff show. Welcome in. And, and today and, uh, we're, we're just gonna discuss George Bush. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, right now we're, we're talking about the 2000 election, man. And um, what do you think, Bush, Gore? What do you think is going to do? you think the Supreme Court's going to mess that up? 
I called that months in advance. No, actually, I didn't. But I can say I did because nobody was there. You know, nobody remembers. Oh, actually, one of the weird. first things we were talking about on the show, I remember uh, back then, uh, the uh, the Summer Olympics in Australia. It's kind of weird that they have the Summer Olympics in Australia, and it's not summer there, and it's not summer here. It's fall here, and it's spring there. Why are they the Summer Olympics? That's weird. <laughs> And uh, the Summer Olympics, they aren't getting any ratings. I wonder why. Oh, yeah, because they're playing in Australia where it's uh, 17 hours later. And we already know the results of all the games before they're played on TV here. I mean, well, duh. That's how my show, it was. It was like that low-key delivery. You know, that, that low-key crap, I hate that. Like, I turn on All Things Considered. Sometimes I'll go somewhere with my brother and he'll put on, uh, he'll put on NPR. He hasn't done this in a long time. I think, hopefully, I mean, you know, he's he's more the liberal guy and he's into that sort of Pollyanna crap. But um, I put a, we put on that uh, that NPR once. I mean, I, it's like instant nap. I don't know how he doesn't fall asleep listening to that. And then the women on there, like they have these they have these people on there. They they sound like they're about a hundred and six years old and weigh about five hundred pounds. They do this the top of the hour news on an NPR stage. There's nothing better than that. It's this cheesiest news sounder you've ever heard. And then somebody gets on there and goes, I'm Shelly Sofovich, and this, and it's, it's, it's painful. It's not even that exciting. It's, like, it's almost like Janet Napolitano. It sounds like these, they're all, they're all like, they're all butch dykes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's NPR news. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think yeah. about smooth jazz, man. Yeah. That's, that's smooth jazz. That's hey, I'm a sober cross. <laughs> that's Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, there's that, and then we. Uh, this is a weird story. There's a coffee shop in Portland, Oregon, that is not friendly to cops. So much so that they actually don't allow cops to come in there and frequent the place. No, they won't uh, do business with cops. Police officer James Crooker. Uh, he was asked to leave the vegan coffee shop in Portland, Oregon. You talk about you talk about people that would be an NPR man. With, hey, man. Don't come hey, in here. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, dude. We, we don't like your kind listen, here. Uh, listen, mango, listen, man. Nark. Listen, Nark. Um, you know, we're not digging your scene, man. You know, you can take, you can mango, take that police, man. you take that police brutality outside, dude. I'm sorry, man, but we don't allow narcs in here, dude. You know? Not narcs. Anyway, la uh, a discriminatory move that not uh, all it's not altogether uncommon at the Java Joint. A detective told Fox News, Crooker, 36, a two-year veteran of the of the force, entered the Red and Black Cafe on May 18th and uh, bought a cup of coffee before a customer approached him and said that she appreciated his efforts. That's when John Langley. One of the co-owners of the collectively managed shop approached the cop and asked him to leave. Crooker left immediately. It was the first time something like this has happened to him in the nine-year law enforcement career. How, how long do you think it's going to take before that coffee shop gets robbed? Yeah. Quote. 
the places that I've been kicked out of before have been places like a methadone clinic, he said. Quote, you're there to protect them. But on the other hand, they don't know what that involves. Being gracious is part of it. Detective Mary Wheat, a spokeswoman for the Portland Police Department, characterized the incident as, quote, a fluke, but noted that the city's ongoing tension between the police and some members of the community, quote, this is Portland. Uh, We've been dealing with this for years and years and years. It's a very liberal city. We have anarchists here and we deal with them on on a regular basis. But see, here's the thing. As I always say, and as I always point out, the minute that an incident happens at this coffee shop, the minute that somebody comes in there and robs the register, and I know it's Portland, and God, as we all know, in liberal cities, nothing bad ever happens and the crime rate is zero. But I'm just saying like on the off chance that like in a one in a zillion, that maybe someone comes in there, some evil gun-toting conservative comes into that coffee shop and decides to rob the place. You know the first number they're dialing is 911. They're not going to call up the Randy Rhodes show. They're not going to sit there and go, hey, man, oh, can't Randy we just... Rhodes, dude, bro, you got to help me. Uh, hey, bro, can't we just work this out, dude? Because, like, you know, you know, I know that, like, you've got a gun, dude, and everything, man, but, you know, like... We could all work this out and just, you know, can't we just sit down and, like, smoke a blunt, dude? And, and like, totally work this out, bro, because, you know, i got a mad stash in the back. Yeah. You know, the first number they're going to dial is the cops, and the cops are going to come there, and they're going to help them out because that's what the cops do, and then you're going to be an asshole to the cops. That's what happens. I love all these anti-police people. I love the people. Oh, police brutality, man. There's so much police brutality going on. We just can't have it. And then the first people that they call are the cops. And then the moment that the cops don't show up in two seconds, they go, you see, the cops are doing a disservice to the community. Oh, you call the cops and they're not there fast enough. But when they want a cup of coffee, they're in your store. That's the kind of crap that you're going to get out of these people. It's unbelievable. It's beyond, it's just, it defies logic completely. If I was the cop, of course I'd leave. But I have to admit that if, the, if that coffee shop ever called for some help, they ever needed some assistance, yeah, I might, um, I might get stuck at a red light. I might, might stop on the way for um, a couple yeah, donuts. Yeah, I might, I might say, I'm sorry. I, you know what? I was, um, I was on another call. I'm so, you know, I, I, I forgot where your coffee there shop was. was. I, I, I'm sorry. Street, I and- forgot where your coffee shop was. When I was kicked out of there, I, it, it really... It was so long ago that I was in there, and now I can't remember where to go. Do I turn left over here or turn right? God, I can't remember because I'm an inept cop. Uh, actually, uh, wait a second. No. I got to get to you guys later. There's a kitten stuck in the tree, and uh, I just got to help that kitten. Yeah, I need to help a cat in a tree. You know, um, actually, I was too busy brutalizing somebody else on my last call, so I couldn't get here because, you know, us cops are also brutal. Ah. Couldn't help myself. Need to take a break. All right. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. See, I'm doing one of those clever radio things. If you know what the clever radio thing is, I'll give you a prize. All right. Um, <laughs> how's that for a tease? How's that for a, for a contest? 
I already offered them a prize, a $20 donation. Well, the and there's drawing. that too. And that leads me into this. Our PayPal address is Mike at KMGX.com. That's not only the email, that's the PayPal address, Mike at KMGX.com. Uh, for your most generous donation. Of course. And uh, EFNet, IRC, Net Radio, the channel, Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, all of our contact information and more available at the one, the only, MichaelGroff.com. More coming up. It's Michael Groff in Exile on a Friday. Back after this. Michael Graff in exile on a Friday. Mike at KMGX.com, the email and PayPal address, all of our other contact information and more. Available at MichaelGraff.com. You can always subscribe to our podcast so you can have it automatically sent to you. I think that works. I don't know. God knows. What else? What other exciting information? As I mentioned uh, on the program yesterday, we're going to be making a few uh, minor tweaks, little, little few changes, subtle changes to the podcast. We're at least going to try a few new things uh, here on the on the show in the coming weeks. So do stay tuned for that. And uh, I don't know. That's. The best tease I can give, I, of course, explained it in more detail on yesterday's program, but um, just thought I'd throw that out there. Always taking your suggestions as well, and uh, thank you so much. I, I got a random text message just a few minutes ago. So I, I got a random text from somebody in the 281 that said, thanks for the show. I don't know, I don't know where the 281 is. That's going to drive me crazy, though. I don't know who that is that sent me that message. I'm, uh, I'm a little weirded out right now. I don't mind telling you. Anyway, James in studio, uh, not in studio, but sort of in <laughs> studio, semi in studio. He's here. He, That's the point. He's he, the in studio by definition of computer. How's that? He is digitally in the studio. There. All right. Um, I do have a couple other things to get to. Barack Obama says he is just, he's, he's flipped out mad about this, the way the BP thing is going down. Uh, they did put a cap on the well, uh, but the cap is still leaking oil. 
Barack Obama was on with Larry King. Ah, Buffalo, you're on the air. And he says, he says that he's just pissed off. Listen to this. Listen to the, uh, he is clearly mad. Man, he is just, he is fuming. Listen to this. I am furious at this entire situation because this is an example of where somebody didn't think through uh, the consequences of their actions. Uh, and it is imperiling not just uh, a handful of people. This is, this is imperiling uh, an entire way of life and an entire region for potentially years. Man, he is just steaming. I mean, you can just, I mean, you can hear that just the, the grit in his voice. Uh, he is mad. I when am. he talked about the peril of life, I, I wow. got some chills up. Well, my when spine he said when there. he said this, this this sent chills up my spine. I am furious. And- wow, I mean that right there, that was just that was biting. I am furious. Better than the Lord of the Rings villains, <laughs> man. Yeah, that was like that was like that was dialogue straight out of the 1940s, right there. I am furious. I am really really upset right now. Uh, you, you have no idea. I am furious, how mad. my son, at this oil rig that exploded. My, my associates and I are very. Our we are currently very furious at this. Uh, this is a, a, a significant outrage that we are expressing right now on behalf of my associates because of this oil rig that has gone down in the Gulf. You do not understand the level, the the sheer. The, the sheer tension that this has caused, the anxiety, so and the, some of my, the loss of sleep that I have gone through as a result of this. You do not understand the trepidation. Some of my that own was right on now. that oil rig. Some of my own perished in that. Don't yes. you just hear yeah, my rage? Right now, you could probably understand the rage that is coming through me right now, as a matter of fact. No, I mean, we say, I am furious. I am really <laughs> angry right now. You do not want to see me when I am angry. Are you sure that wasn't like Ben Stein or something? Yeah, I mean, man, you get this guy away from a teleprompter. <laughs> man, he's so mad he might have to fire up two teleprompters to give a speech next time. That wasn't even that was that was without a teleprompter though. You got to give it up to him. I mean, that was that was the teleprompter president without the prompter. Listen to this. Again. I am furious. Yeah. Wow. I am furious. I am furious. Man, he is. The, he that, is that should pissed. be like the new bumper in your show. Yeah. Like, like whenever something happens, you're just like, I am furious. I mean, if I think it's perfect we, for well, the pop truck. We could. We That's could, what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about the artwork. He was talking about the pop truck. <laughs> Well, imagine you had, if you set that to music, I mean, you could think of, you know, NWO, you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, we could set that to some music. Here we go. This would, this would be appropriate. I am furious. <laughs> I think air supply, but that's about it. I, I am I was the furious. I am furious. Yeah. He, he's clearly, I mean, you can hear it. He's mad. Listen, he says he's mad. Man, I wish, I wish when I was in, uh, in the relationships I was in throughout my life, I wish, uh, man, that's, that's some communication right there. 
honey, I'm really mad at you right now. Why are you mad at me? I am mad at you because you charged that that bag on my credit card. I am terribly sorry. Do you know how enraged I am right now? I am ready to blow my stack. Well, I am sorry. I can sense your rage right now. It is terrible. You are furious. I am furious. I am furious. There is a disaster that could affect the ecology of the world for many, many years to come, and clearly you are furious. I am furious. I, mean, I know. I it's, hear that emotion in his voice. The, I, mean, uh, I know the he, raw he emotion. He, well, that's. I think he went to the Keanu Reeves School of Acting. There is enough C4 here to blow a hole in the world. Still, still one of the worst lines in in movie history, right there. Speed, Keanu Reeves. There is enough C four here to blow a hole in the world. Is it obvious Speed that I'm not a, movie, it's, is it is it obvious I'm not a fan of Keanu Reeves? You know, Dennis Hopper died. We didn't even go through the dirt nap review this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get out of here on a rel- you know, relatively on time. And uh, and. You didn't play the 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 dirt nap review this week, Mike. No. I I I am furious. All right, I am I, I'm, I am furious. Just enraged. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm very furious with myself right now. I am furious. All right, Dennis Hopper dead at the age of seventy four. I know his wife was uh, trying to get. He was trying to write his wife out of his will. That was the most interesting part of that story. He was trying to get her written out of the will, and uh, I don't know if he ever succeeded in that. I don't know how much money he had left. The guy was married a couple of times. Poor dude. Cancer. On a local front, local radio guy Bill Austin died this week. That was sad. Uh, He was part of the Beth and Bill show on KEZ. Not a show I listen to regularly. It was one of those adult contemporary morning shows, but... Uh, he was on TV. He was a weather guy on TV on Channel 12 before that for many years. And just a, a really nice guy. I, I met I met him once um, many years ago. Nicest guy. Just a man. And he had bladder cancer. That sucks. That really. I mean, and he retired from the radio show in February. He knew that it was pretty bad. And so he walked away from radio. And uh, he was going through a lot of chemo, and that made his voice pretty bad. And it was it was just a terrible situation. And uh, Rue McClanahan died. There's only one golden girl left. B. Arthur died, uh, la- what was it, last year? Two years ago? B. Arthur. She died. Um, Estelle Getty, that was a, few year- a couple of years earlier. Interestingly enough, Est- I think... Wasn't Estelle Getty like the youngest of the Golden Girls? I mean, she was. She played the oldest, but she. I think she was actually the youngest. And Betty White's the only one that's still alive. Polly Shore's career is still dead. <laughs> Thank God. Just reporting that. All right. Uh, from that, from from one disaster to another. <sighs> Do we have to? Uh... Oh, we? we we just love our weekly dose of torture, Mike. Yeah, I guess it's it's time for those of you that hate your ears. It is that time of the week. Time to take a look at the top ten songs in the world of pop. Pop, pop, pop music. Pop, pop, pop music. Hit a button there. All right. 
It's that time, folks. Uh, these are the top 10 songs in the world of pop. Played on Top 40 radios. This is based on official airplay data from uh, Top 40 radio stations all across the country. If you're wondering where we... Uh, where the hell do you get this data? This That's where we get it. ear-bleeding data. To say the least. If your ears don't bleed from this, there's something very wrong with you. Now, I got... I got some good news and some bad news. Should I should I spoil it or not? I won't. Spoiler alert! Oh, All right. goody. Spoiler alert! I won't. I won't. I won't ruin it for you. I will tell you. We do have it. Okay, I'll sort of ruin it. We have a. Uh, there is something new on the chart this week. But we won't get to that yet. At number ten this week, it's Rihanna. With Rude Boy. This song almost gone. Thank God. Yeah. Come here, Rude Boy, boy, can you get it up? Come here, Rude Boy, boy, is you big enough? Come here, Rude Boy, boy. All right, that's number 10 on the chart this week. All right. Yeah, yeah, please. Just stop. <sighs> number nine is. Number nine is, uh, I guess this is LaRue. This is something new on the chart. We just love that new pop music. Yep, uh, this is Bulletproof. No, it's not Mega Man music. Right now you're fighting Magnet Man. Kind of sounds like Kind of sounds a little 80s-ish A little bit I am furious (laughs) Oh, thank you Mr. President All right, so that's uh, number nine. I think that's uh, LaRue, or LaRoe, L-A-R-O-U-X, if you're looking for that. Because poor illiteracy is cute. Well, I mean, look, uh, it's, it's, it's what the kids are listening to these days, and so you have to... You have to respect that. Meanwhile, at number eight, it's uh, it's Train with Hey Soul Sister. Train wreck is more like it. Monahan having some big old success with that. I mean, that's good though. You know. All right. Meanwhile, at uh, number seven, 
It's uh, Rihanna. Or, I'm sorry, Rihanna. I'm, I'm really distracted here. I'm sorry. It's, uh, they all sound the same. It's Katy yeah. Perry with... We'll try this again. With California Girls. Girls uh, spelled G-U-R. Oh, yes. Sounds just like that song. It does. It sounds exactly like that Kesha song. Just take out your clothes and shut your mouth. I mean, that's all I can say about Katy Perry. Wow. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, get up there a little bit, Mike. Well, I mean, Katy, uh, she's, she's, attra- she's attractive, but... Well, why go with Katy Perry when you got people like Jack Napolitano and Lady hey, Gaga? I'm Jenny Napolitano. All right, meanwhile, number six, it's B.O.B. Airplanes. I could really use a gun right now. Airplanes in the night sky like shooting I could really use a wish right now. Wish right now. Wish right now. Yeah, let's pretend like it's 98. Like a movie where Charles Dow was on the train. Trying to beat the next round coming at the eight. Hoping for a record deal to ignore my pain. Now let's pretend like I'm on the stage. And when my beat drops, everybody goes insane. Okay. I'm gonna win the power ball. Everybody know my name. And everywhere I go, people want to I'm disappointed. Powerball, I'm not gonna win. Some asshole in Ohio won $250 million. And you know, it's another guy. He ain't got no teeth. You know that. He's either like 90 years old or he's living out yeah. of his Exactly. Well, shoot, I won that ball again. All right, meanwhile, uh, that's uh, number six. Number five. Oh, my goodness. It's um, it's B.O.B. again with nothing on you. Back to back B.O.B. Back to back, Bob. B to B, B O B. Oh, see what I did there? Yeah. Nothing yeah. on you. Sounds like the last song. Most of the things in my past that I've done. Most of it really was for the hell of the fun. Uh-uh. On a carousel, so around I spun. Uh-huh. With no direction, just trying to get some. Uh-huh. All right, if that doesn't outrage you enough, Mr. President, I, I have to tell you, uh, if you're not furious by now, I don't know what to tell I you. am furious. Honestly, every time I hear that, I, 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 I just... Man, chills up my spine. <laughs> you you can hear the rage, and I mean, he's he's uh, so upset. He really is. He, he's I more am furious. He, you, he even you, puts more can, emotion to it than the NPR people, and I didn't think that was I possible. I am furious. I am really outraged right now. 
Number four is Lady Gaga with Alejandro. I, I feel like I should make like a Arizona illegal immigrant bill joke here, but I'm not sure if I could think of one. I am furious. Uh, I, I apologize, <laughs> Mr. President. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. You know, I never got this far in the song, but her boyfriend is just like a dad. I... What is this song about? All right, anyway, number three. Change the channel. Damn it. <laughs> number three, it's Usher with OMG. Oh, 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 oh my God. Listen to this crap. I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. I fell in love with Shawty. Oh. With Shawty. I fell in love with Shawty. Uh, all right. Number two, it's, uh, well, I mean, come on. You can't, if you can't get into this, it's Tyle Cruz featuring Luda. Tyle Cruz featuring Ludacris. Break your heart. Excuse me while I play my alleged and I may break your heart, but I don't really think as anybody as bomb as me. So you can take this chance in the end. Everybody's gonna be wondering how you did. My favorite part coming up. Here we go. Get ready. Oh, the money shot. Yeah. Before I love and leave you, they call me heartbreaker. I don't wanna deceive you. Oh, oh. Here we go. You gotta love that 80s sin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you don't mind if I like mute this and play some real music? <laughs> We got the number one song. Ah, uh, drum roll, please. You got the number one song in the country right now, according to the airplay data on pop chart across the country. It is, of course, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I just it's, think it's, of a drum roll. Well, in it's, your yeah, head. it's been one of those days where I, I'm just I can't believe what's going on with the equipment today. I am I'm I'm just furious. I am, I am horrified. Furious. Yeah, I'm I'm furious. I am horrified. I am uh, I, I ah! as, as you can imagine. I'm just I am horrified. I am outraged beyond belief. All right, here we go. The number one song of the nation is. <laughs> it's Kesha with a dollar sign. Your love is my drug. Yeah, that hurts. Well, 
Just just scream as loud as you can. Your advice is my drug. Wow. You're going to kill somebody over there. <laughs> All right. So that's that's the number one song in the in the nation. I couldn't take any more. Uh, I already did kill somebody, remember? I wish I had a gun. The cops are going to come over here. They're going to be like, what was that screaming? <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's it. That's the number one song in the nation. There's your top ten songs the world of CHR pop. Before I turn it over to, uh, to James for something here real quick, I, just, I, I have to mention this story. This is just too much. We talked about the perfect game that wasn't really a perfect game the other day that was a perfect game. Well, you know what I'm talking about. The, yeah, blown, call. the blown call at first base by home plate umpire Jim Joyce. Talked about the story. Uh, Major League Baseball pretty much said they're not going to overturn the call. Well, don't worry. Uh, Michigan politics is here to save the day. <sighs> you, you can't believe it. After Armando Galarraga had his perfect game blown by a call at first base by, home, by a first base umpire Jim Joyce on Wednesday. Governor Jennifer Granbaum or Granholm said via Twitter that no matter what the ump said, she was declaring that he pitched a perfect game. She <laughs> issued a proclamation. She issued a gubernatorial proclamation that Armando Galarraga had pitched a perfect game. Um, wow. Don't they have better things to do in Michigan? Apparently not. Quote, I, Jennifer M. Granholm, governor of the state of Michigan, do hereby declare Armando Galarraga to have pitched a perfect game, and I join Tigers fans all across the globe in saluting the unassailable accomplishment, the first perfect game in Tigers history. The final stanza of the proclamation declares. Granholm was uh, invited to appear tonight on Countdown with Keith Olbermann on MSNBC to talk about the situation. Anyway, whatever. Olbermann saw Granholm's Twitter post this morning about her resolution and tweeted her back asking her to be on the show. Hey, finally, something I can uh, sort of agree with uh, Keith Olbermann about. I mean, listen, we all know it was a blown call, and I think even think that Major League Baseball should just go back and change the scoring decision. We, it happens all the time in baseball where they, after the game, they change an error to a hit. I mean, this it wouldn't have any consequence on the game whatsoever. It would have no consequence on the game if they did that, aside from giving this guy the perfect game that he rightfully pitched. Ah, but don't worry. Representative John Dingle from uh, the from Dearborn, Michigan, of course, we all know him. He said on his Twitter account as well that he's drafting a resolution for consideration by the House of Representatives that would recognize Colorado's accomplishment. <laughs> Shut up. Wow. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Just, guys, get out of sports. I mean, the nation, we've got the debt, got the debt clock. The debt thing they could be doing right now, and they're focusing on a perfect game. The debt clock just went past $13 trillion a week ago today. Okay, don't get 
don't get all worried about whether we got oil spilled in the Gulf. The president is just, he can't even believe it. He's outraged. I am furious. Furious. He's just outraged. I mean, I'm outraged. We have a major disaster going on, and here you are. I hereby, I, John Dingle of the state of Michigan, I, Jennifer Granholm, do hereby declare uh, that Armando Galarraga pitched a perfect game. Meanwhile, you're living in Michigan, for God's sake. It's the, it's, it's the anus of the United States. I mean, come on. In a release, Dingle said that he hoped that the resolution would help make a case for Major League Baseball to reverse the... Uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. We, we've we been through this. Oh, Debbie Stabenow, the same woman that wants to get the Fairness Doctrine. She's in on it now, too. She also weighed in this morning saying that she wants MLB Commissioner Bud Selig to invoke the, quote, for the best interest of the game rule. Look, I heard that uh, some guys are, I heard that there were some, some death threats against uh, Jim Joyce. That's not right, man. I, you know, Don Dankinger, Don Dankinger, rather, of the, uh, who, who made that horrible call in the 85 World Series, which literally cost the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals the series. Um, he, and it was just a terrible call he made. He know that he blew, he, he blew the call. He didn't know it at the time, but when he got back, uh, the commissioner was there waiting for him. If you ever see his story, it's very sad. And he got, he got death threats. He's still alive today. And he's always advocated for instant replay in Major League Baseball, as have I. And we do have it for home run calls, fair or foul. But otherwise, we don't have it for situations like this. And they need it, especially for a, a clear-cut situation like this. But... I don't know, man. Come on, just just change it or whatever. But don't po- politicians don't need to get involved in this. We got way too much other crap to worry about. The president. I mean, we even have the president getting involved in in sports now. The president is out there. He's talking about he oh, he picked the Lakers to win the uh, to win the championship, to win the NBA title. Well, that's really going <laughs> out on a limb there. That's really sticking your neck out on that one. Uh, Mr. President, the president has weighed in more about sports in the last uh, few weeks than than any other president. Shut up. Shut up. Get down to the Gulf. I am furious. Well, if you're if you're upset, then hurry up and do something, Mr. President. I know you're mad. We can hear it. If you're that enraged, Mr. President, if you're that worked up, you need to do something. All right. Anyway, um, to to move this along uh james is here he's got um he's got another list of the most expensive things and what is this the most expensive furniture uh top 10 most expensive furniture the yeah most expensive piece of the furniture and you're not going to find any of these at ikea i don't think because i think the most expensive thing they sell is about 200 dollars, and it's all made of particle board anyway for the uh-huh. damn crap falls. I I have stuff in here. Well, I do have one thing in here from ikea that's lasted but most things that i have that i get from ikea they fell apart we got a I, I was with this uh, girl uh, several years ago, and we went to IKEA. We bought a, a a little little dresser there. Damn thing fell apart in about. We got it home. It fell apart like five days later. No, we didn't have sex on it. No, I know that was the that was a question I got asked in email, and I know somebody was going to send that again. But no, no, I, there was no sex on the furniture. If you have, se- yeah, if you have sure. sex on, on a piece of Ikea furniture, you deserve the, the splinters and, quite frankly, the, the piece of plywood going, you know, right up there. I am furious. All right. Uh, we know, Mr. President. All right. Anyway, 
the top okay, 10 most expensive pieces of furniture. All right, let's, let's see if I can uh, stop laughing for a second. All right. Um, <laughs> cut, cut. All, right, all right, let's try this again. Coming in at number 10, the Northland refrigerator, which stands in at a low, low price of $11,000. Wow, $11,000 for a refrigerator. Indeed. Uh, Northland, a 100-year-old provider of custom refrigerators, has really un- outdone itself with this 72-inch side-by-side refrigerator freezer. It has a glass door, a stainless steel wrap, and features a daylight interior lighting. So, it basically, you don't have to open the door. You can just sort of look at everything and it'll go like, oh, I want that. Mm-hmm. And an easily cleaned glass shelf. It has over 48.3 cubic feet of space. That's, I mean, wow. okay, so it's a six-foot-tall refrigerator freezer. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why it's worth eleven grand. <laughs> oh, beats the hell out of me. What? Certainly doesn't have 100,000 diamonds on yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't have any diamonds on it. Yeah. Where are our diamonds? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Going into number nine, we... Uh, the Vividus mattress standing in at $59,750. Oh, my God. Well, that's wonderful. All right. Uh, Latin for full life, uh, the Vividus, is the most expensive bed in the world. Sleeping on the bed designed in Sweden by Haston has been described as sleeping on a cloud. Uh, I'll, I'll make a joke about that later. It's yeah. made from a variety of luxury materials, including cashmere, flax, silk, lamb's wool, and hand-tufted horse hair. Wow. <laughs> hey, baby, to, to let's let's you, not Mike. let's not do it on the bed, baby. Let's do it on the floor. Why? Because this bed costs fifty nine thousand dollars. Quite frankly, it's it's you're not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote you, Mike. We've killed the finest animals to make sure your sleeping experience is at the maximum. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. That's good. Right. Only endangered species were killed in the making of this mattress. All right. Uh, coming in at, uh, Jesus, what number is that? That's number eight. Yeah. We got the Archeo Copper back- Bathtub standing in at $67,557. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. It, some, you're going to pay $60,000 just for something you're going to put all your dirt in. I, I, I mean, okay, well, describe it. Let's see Let's see what, what you're getting for 67000 Made out of solid copper, this tub was handcrafted by the very people who refurbished the Lady Liberty's torch. Over five feet long and two and a half feet wide, the tub is spacious enough to comfortably accommodate just about anyone. Uh, the fluted faucet and handheld shower unit are designed with the same aesthetic quality as the rest of the tub, featuring finely engraved starfish on seashell knobs. The extravagant t- made tub takes its place in the world as the most expensive bathtub with, you know, the $67,557 price tag. A copper tub, that doesn't even really, that doesn't sound all that comfortable, though, copper tub. Because, and and it, it's probably a bitch like to clean, and copper rusts. 
it, it, it looks like one of those, um, you know, one of those old-fashioned bathtubs almost. It's like a claw. It's like a claw tub, basically. Oh uh, well, sort of. It, it it looks sort of like um something you do your laundry in, and like the 1950s, only bigger. Wow, it, huh. it doesn't even look that pleasing, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Sucker for a good bathtub, but I mean, you know, listen. <laughs> Well, I've been in a lot nicer ones than that in, in you know, suites. So, I don't know. All, all right. right. Well, all right. Well, standing in at number seven, we got the Parnian Furniture Desk standing in at $200,000. Wow. For a desk. Okay. Created by Parnian Furniture Design and Manufacturer of Scottsdale, Arizona. Nice. Well, there you go, Mike. Yeah. This luxurious desk is made of six different kinds of exotic wood, including ebony and Carpathian elm, and you know, a piece of custom glass. I think I've heard about this uh, before. I, I think I've seen this somewhere. How much is that? Like a hundred, hundred grand? Two hundred. Two hundred grand. Wow. Uh, each of their desks is custom built to fit the room. It's destined to grace. This particular desk was built off to show Parnian's unique design in their North Scottsdale showroom. Well, of course, North Scottsdale. I mean, you're talking high. Just you want to buy, you want a napkin in North Scottsdale. It's going to cost you about fifty bucks. It's North Scottsdale. <laughs> yes, gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, well, going into number six, oh, you're going to love this, Mike. D- literally described as a solid gold stool standing in at $1.3 million. Wow. Sold by a jewelry store in China, uh, Jiangsu, Providence, this expensive stool is made out of 110 pounds of solid gold and priced at $1.3 million. Unfortunately, that's about all we know about it. Wow. wow. It, it, it's a stepping stool. I mean, 110 pounds for a stepping stool? Wow. Aren't they supposed to be convenient and lightweight? <laughs> yeah. Well, not if they're made out of solid gold. Uh, not exactly, no. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. This would be, I uh, think... We're transitioning to number five. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, the, oh, God, that's a long name. Panini Far, Far, Farina Arslein Zitan. I, I have no idea how to pronounce this. It, it, the point is, it's an office chair, and it stands in at $1.5 million. Damn. Nice chair. <laughs> it better be. It damn well better be. Yeah. Created by... Panini Fari, an Italian car design firm best known for designing luxury cars like Ferraris and Cadillacs. Wow, there you go. Arthline Zigden car could be the most comfortable chair ever made. The dynamic, synchronized tilting system. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I need a moment. Give me a moment. Dynamic, synchronized you know, my last girlfriend had a dynamic synchronized tilting uh, system. I have to tell you right now, it was it Giggity. was something. Giggity. It was 
I, I suppose I there's science furious for I, I suppose there's science for everything, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, the, the the dynamic think <laughs> I, I can't even say this without laughing. Dynamic synchronized tilting system allows users to tilt back, uh, uh, tilt the back and the seat independently, while the techno gel in the cushions make them conform to the shape of the user. Wow. The chair is also made from a durable fabric called Dynatech, which was also used by Olympic athletes. Wow. <laughs> Try to saying that out loud. Yeah, with the dynamic face. synchronized tilting system. I, I think that can be employed for alcohol as well. I tilt several back all the time. It's it's pretty it's pretty dynamic and it's definitely synchronized. My buddies and I we we down them. <laughs> oh god! I, all right. Now, he, here's the here's the uh, sleeping on a cloud joke I was going to make. The Ruge, uh, standing in at number four. The Ruges. Sonar's magnetic floating bed stands in at $1.6 million. Mm. Now, reportedly worked on the technology for this expensive bed for six years in collaboration with Baker's Magnetic. Permanent opposing industrial strength magnets allow the bed to float around 40 centimeters off the floor and can hold about 900 kilograms, which is about 1800 pounds wow this visually pleasing technology could also be applied to other areas to home decor like coffee tables sofas and japanese dining tables how cool would it be to eat sushi and drink sake off a floating table <laughs> well i mean i guess that's pretty neat I, you know I, I think about this Think of the technology that we're using. We're, we're using, you know, magnets, and we're using all of this to implement for a floating bed. Meanwhile, we got an oil leak in the Gulf. We can't figure out how to plug a simple hole in a pipe, and yet we're inventing, you know, beds that can hold 1,800 pounds. I mean, Rush Limbaugh could get on this bed. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh and Rosie O'Donnell probably. Yeah, probably. Well, let's not push it. Yeah, we we don't want to break the yeah. $1.6 million yeah, that bed. Would, that would reverse the magnetic polarity of planet <laughs> Earth, probably, if they did that. Oh, God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, right. defying physics with half my ha brain tied behind my back, ladies and gentlemen. I, the instigator, motivator, the Limbaugh Institute... Gentlemen, for advanced conservative I, I am studies. doing this live, ladies and gentlemen, from a floating bed, <laughs> where where I'm going to do my wife tonight because I'm getting married. Blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I am uh, doing this from the compound in South Florida. Ladies and I have the golden EIB microphone. It is floating, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, and my uh, ever-widening can is also floating on a floating chair, which you can get the EIB floating leather chair. Available at rustlingbar.com. It's actually not leather, it's actually pleather, but we're still going to charge Believe you. Believe it or not, I'm walking on it. We're still going to... So we're still going to charge you $1.7 billion. All right. All right. All right. 
moving along from the floating bed, I mean, we're we're only at we were only at number four, Mike, and it's only one point six million dollars. Yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, that that's chump change. All right, the top table, this this like little coffee table, stands in at four point six million dollars. Oh my God. The Tuft Pier Table, named after its creator, Thomas Tuft, was hand-carved in the late 1700s for general store owner Richard Edwards of Lumberton, New Jersey. The antique table featured uh, pierced fretwork and long legs ending in narrow ankles and detailed ball and claw, claw feet. It was sold by Edwards' descendant, a Philadelphia art named of Samuel Harson Gardner. It, it, it's, a, it's this little-ass coffee table, and it costs $4.6 million. Wow. Oh, I mean, what... I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know what's special about it, really. It, it, it was apparently handcrafted by somebody important, I guess. Well, yeah, okay, but... All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't it, know. It doesn't I, even look that good. It's... Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like a horse with well, the body. Somebody probably handcrafted it, and he probably just, you know, he put his, he probably, you know, put his crap, he put his coffee cups on there or something. And now, now that he's dead, of course, it's, well, of course, it's an artifact, sir. <laughs> oh, it's a very old artifact. You'll never hear me. Rush Limbaugh could probably breathe on this thing, and it'd break. Uh. All right, standing in at a uh, lovely number two, the dragon's chair cost twenty-seven point eight million dollars. Wow, twenty-seven million! <laughs> it, it, it better, it better give me an orgasm when I sit into the chair. I swear to God. All right, this expensive armchair belonged to a Paris-based art dealer before finding it. Way to the hands of uh, Yev St. Laurent, founder of eponymous YSL luxury blend. Reportedly, that very same art dealer is the person who paid ten times the chair's estimated value to procure it at a Christie's auction. The chair was made by an Irish designer, Eileen Gray, Sometime between 1917 and 1990, uh, 1919, sorry, called the Dragon's Chair. It was one of Gray's masterpieces and was expected to sell for two to three million pounds. Wow. So, so it wasn't even worth that much. It just it just got bought for that much. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but. All right, do, do you got a drum roll or something ready for number one, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that right here. It's it's just right here. It's Here it is. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was sitting back in my, in my $25 chair that I have here. Anyway, yeah. all right. All right, standing at number one and $36.7 million dollars, a badminton cabinet. $36 million for a cabinet. Wow. <laughs> and what's what's special about this cabinet? 
uh, let's say, the badminton cabinet or badminton chef, was commissioned by Henry Somerset, third Duke of Beaufort, at the age of 19... <laughs> so it's, oh, it's really, really old. Yeah, it's, oh, yes, uh, the non-tech is... It's has, has, this, this goes back to the colonial dad. This goes back to pre-Elizabethan. Um, actually, oh, yeah. how old is it? Uh, hang, hang on, I, I, I gotta get my snooty voice it ready. It well before the Victorian age, Sam. Yes, go. It took 30 experts six years to create a name after the Duke's seat of power. The Badminton House in Gloucestershire, where it sat until it was auctioned by its descendant in the late 20th century. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we don't even know how old it is. It just says, like, Henry Somerset, third Duke of Beaufort. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. This. Yeah, if you have too much money, why not just spend a million dollars on a floating bed? That's what I say. I'm going for the. I, I want. I kind of want the floating bed. Yeah, me too. I mean, it does look kind of cool when you. What do you think about it? I mean, I can mean, you imagine like some inviting somebody into your house and be like, "Ah, you want to check out the bedroom?" And be like, "Sure, uh, hey, dude. Your bed hey, is baby. floating, bra. I got a floating bed, baby. Yeah." <laughs> I got a floating, I got a floating bed and a fifty-seven thousand dollar copper tub. That copper tub would be cool if it, if it had like jets in it. <laughs> hey, yeah, my floating bed holds about three Rush Limbaugh's. Yeah, so we can go hardcore. My floating yeah. bed holds eighteen hundred pounds, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the the funny thing is, I can imagine like Glenn Quagmire getting that bed. <laughs> All right. Oh. We we can go really hard up and down. Gee, 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 yeah. you. We're gonna go really hard tonight, baby. <laughs> giggity giggity. Never gonna touch the ground. All right. Yeah. How do you get out of that bed though safely? <laughs> well, well, it only floats um forty centimeters, and I mean that's yeah, only it, like um. But forty. Okay, there's two point five inches or two point five centimeters in an inch. So that's. So um, I mean that's that's more. That's about that's, ten inches off the floor. That's, I mean well, that's it's more not, than that. Oh, that's. Uh, it's that's like more than a foot. It's yeah. It's about a. It's about a foot and a half off the off the floor. That that's not much more, much taller off the floor than my bed, really. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's yeah, but it, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. I mean, still, that would be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can't hide stuff under that bed either, because I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, and I can't, I can't put stuff under that. But of course, I guess vacuuming would be pretty easy. You just vacuum right under there. And- <laughs> yeah. Of course, you got to, you know, just push it out of the way. You'll you know? be screwed the day that the magnetic uh, field on planet Earth shifts, though. Yeah. You'll be uh, SOL then. Uh, can can I get a refund on this uh, floating bed I bought? Oh, we just uh, change polarity on your bed. Oh, uh, oh man. That's how that's how <laughs> that's fixed. Well, look what we can do with science, ladies and gentlemen. We could be spending this $1.6 million on trying to save cancer and whatnot, but nope. Gosh darn it, I got to have a floating bed. Yeah, I have, I have this real quick for you. This is interesting. Uh, there's been a recall. We have another recall story to pass along. This time it's McDonald's that's issu- issuing the recall. Oh, boy. 
So McDonald's has been issuing these uh, cups in honor of the new Shrek movie. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw this. And um, there's there's one little problem with these cups, a little, little tiny incident. The paint that they used for the cups contains cadmium, which... I mean, look, if you check out, you know, there's certain things that it's okay to have in a cup. There's certain parts of the periodic table that should be in there. Um, usually, though, heavy metals, not so much. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, thing, pure forms of the periodic table. That's, yeah. You know, except just, oxygen. That's well, not really lead, lead probably shouldn't be in there. Uh, you know, cadmium, that's another one that probably shouldn't be in there. That's... Anyway, it's toxic, and uh, you know if you get if you have these glasses, don't drink out of them. Even though it probably won't hurt you, but you never know. There could be a situation where it does, and then you get like mad cow or you know super aids or something. So, uh, so yes, you have it. Yeah. So yeah, don't whatever you do. I shouldn't have said that because every you know whenever we say that, that's that's when that's when this goes. You have AIDS. Yes, you have AIDS. I hate to tell you, boy, that you have AIDS. You got the AIDS. Anyway, so that's uh, <laughs> that's just a, a little piece of advice. Uh, be careful. You could get it. You could, and and then uh, people are um, being told to, um, you know, get rid of these cups. You got them. Throw, yeah. bury them underground. That's where we put all, all of our crap, and we all know that everything we put in the ground or we put it or in the shove them in, under in the, the ocean. Bed, you, know? you know what? Throw it in the Gulf of Mexico. That thing's done. It's that's. You know, it's gone anyway. Might as well just put it in there. I am furious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. President. Sorry. I, I won't recommend people do that. Just put it in the ground then. Do what we do uh, with our under nuclear the floating waste. Bed. Put it under the floating bed. Nobody yeah. will see it. Hey, is that a cat? Is that uh, one of those uh, Shrek cups with cat? You know, I'm going to go out and get one of those tonight. I'm going over to McDonald's yeah. to see if they have any left. And I'll sell hmm. it on eBay for like $50,000. Literally, I'm sure people are going to sell it up there. For a lot of money. Uh. Oh, here. Oh, here's something else stupid. I know I wanted to get out of here, but I just can't pass right, this up. Stupid. <laughs> so about a week ago, Roy Halliday pitched a perfect game, a, a legitimate, a real, honest to God, perfect game uh, against the Marlins. All right. Well, of course, because it's the Marlins, um, they get, you know, like 17 people show up for their game. So they have a lot of these tickets that were left over. So what they decided to do, you can buy tickets for the game that was already played. <laughs> you know, in commemoration of the perfect game, you, you know, you can have a little piece of history. You can have a, an actual ticket from the game, from the Marlins game against the Phillies. Wow. wow. Oh, the Marlins are desperate. What I want to know is, you know, they, they're selling them and they're selling them for the face value of the ticket. <laughs> now, now think about this. So like an upper deck ticket, you know, uh, off, off, uh, up the first baseline, you know, a, a good ways, you know, it's like $15, but then there's like, there's like tickets behind home plate, which are, you know, like a hundred dollars. Who would shell out a hundred bucks for, for one of those? When you could just buy, if you wanted to, just buy one of the, well, I didn't want to sit in the cheap seats, man. <laughs> well, the game already happened, douche. I'm not buying cheap seats. I don't want to be thought of, I don't want to be remembered for being there in one of the cheap seats, dude. Actually, what would happen is, you know, you'd say, man, I was at that game, so I got the ticket stub. And then somebody would just go back and watch video of the game, and they'd, they'd be able to count the 17 people that were there. 
and <laughs> and they'd see that you weren't sitting in that set. Well, you know, man, I moved down to another section, dude. Yeah, I was getting a hot dog while they were doing yeah, that. Yeah, dude, part. I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was getting. Uh, I was getting. Uh, I was getting some funyuns, man. Well, dude. Maybe some cotton candy, bro. Yeah, dude. You know. You know, man. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks, dude. You know, it's like I totally don't care if I ever get back, man. <laughs> serious, serious, bro. All right, so there, that's your thats your stupid news. Man, there was a lot of... We, we haven't done, like, a stupid parent news in a long while, have yeah, we? Yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I don't have... I, I don't have a uh, another parent of the year, uh, a potential parent of the year uh, story to pass along to you. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I do. Um, I, I, I have some local ones here, but... I don't think that they're really all that relevant. Is anything we ever do relevant? No. I mean, we went from a pop chart to a floating bed. Well, yeah. Listen, I, I'd I'd go for it if I had if I had one Powerball and you know two point forty five million dollars. I'm just saying it was two hundred fifty million dollars. The Powerball It was actually a little bit more than that. Some jackass in Ohio wins it, and Ohio just got in on the Powerball a few weeks ago. And now they already have a $250 million winner, jackasses. We just got Mega Millions here in Arizona, so maybe I'll go buy a Mega Millions ticket. What's that at? Like 64, 68 million, something like that? All right, I'll yeah, go. be sure if Listen, you're I, I mean, I, it's, I know it's chump change. I know it's only $68 million. I understand that's chump change. That's nothing. Yeah, give me, give me some of that money, Mike. I've been a great co-host. I deserve yeah. some of that money. Listen, if I if I won sixty eight, I'd have a big old party. <laughs> I'd Fly serve. In from New I'd, listen, we'd have. I'd get some of those Shrek glasses. <laughs> no, I mean really, I, I I might even actually serve it. I might not even use paper plates at the party. <laughs> might not. I don't know. Maybe I would. Yeah, we'd have some of those drinks with the little umbrellas in them and everything. I mean, no, it's, we'd, we'd really... Some, some, it, solid glo- some solid gold iPhone covers Exactly. As well. I would buy myself one of those. I could afford one of those iPhone. I'd have to get an iPhone first. One million dollar strawberries as well. I'm sorry, but you know what? Even if I won the Mega Millions or the Powerball, it still wouldn't be enough to justify the... Those kind well, of costs. What about the platinum cake? That's only a couple. Well, hours. okay, the platinum. That would be fine. The platinum cake. I'm gonna do that. And I'll go to Steve Wynn's uh, hotel and casino. I'll go to his Ferrari dealership and get a Ferrari, even though I don't drive. That's that's definitely there. All right, Mike at KMGX.com, the email and PayPal address. That's how you get in contact with this show. Mike at KMGX.com. Send money. Send money. James will draw you something if you donate like twenty bucks or something. Yeah. I'm sure it'll he, be. Even if you donate a penny, I'll probably still, you know, like give you a smiley face. Yeah, he'd, he'd probably do something nice. And then, um, I, a great human being. I will do something. I'll, I'll do something great. Yeah. If you're a female and you send in something, you'll get something that nobody else could ever even. You, you'll get something that is just amazing. I'm sure. And you know what that <laughs> is? You know what it is? <laughs> You'll, you'll get the pleasure of listening to me. <laughs> all right, uh, michaelgraff.com for all of your other uh, Michael Graff needs and so much more. Thanks to James for joining us. 
Yo. See you next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>